You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the second series of the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast. It's lovely to have you here, hopefully you'll stick around for the next half an hour for just random car chat. It's just it's fantastic, isn't it, chatting about cars? And that's what we're going to be doing in this podcast, as with every other episode of the Piston Podcast. It's just non-stop cars, apart from my motorbike special I did last series. If you were listening last week to the Piston Podcast, you will know I had special guest Lewis Macklund on the show to talk about his valeting business, his MG3, all things British Leyland. So at the end of this podcast, if you want something else to listen to and you're still very bored from lockdown three, I know, then you can go and have a listen to that. It's on whatever platform you're on now, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, blah, 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 it goes on. So just have a look at series three, episode two, and then it'll all be there um, and you can have a listen to that because it's a really good chat. Now, I did say at the end of the last podcast that I would have a guest for this episode. Uh, I can say that I don't and that's because I'm a bit of a numpty. You see, I it was my plan to have a guest on this week. I've got plenty to choose from, but... I was booking in guests for each podcast and completely forgot about this one I'm doing now. So I just thought, you know what, instead of, you know, last minute getting a guest and slapping it together, I'm just going to do it on my own, okay? It's just me, unfortunately. I know, very sad. Um, But a lot of things have gone on in the last week uh, since the last episode of the podcast. A lot of car news, a lot of really controversial car news, really. So if you like that sort of stuff, and you like the Piston Podcast, then please do consider subscribing because it does help a massive amount, especially when it comes to the automotive podcast chart for Apple, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to this podcast from. So please subscribe, like, follow to the podcast, or whatever you do on the platform you're on. And then remember to follow the Piston Podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast, and follow me everywhere on social media, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, at DanielCars05. Greatly appreciated. Anyway, I think we should kick off with Tesla. I know, you're probably all going boo in your chairs, but Tesla has been in the news quite a bit this week because they announced an updated version of the Model S. Now, if you're unaware of the Model S, I don't know where you've been this last nearly 10 years now, but the Model S is it's it's a saloon type car um, and it's it's bonkersly quick it, it's really quick bonkersly isn't a word but it, it's super fast okay you know tesla they're wicked for top speed not top speed but not 60 and torque delivery and stuff like that it's unbelievable now tesla has announced a updated version for the model s and somehow it's even more mind-boggling um they promised a not 60 time in less than two seconds first of all which is unusual. From the outside, there's not... I don't think there's any design changes, really. It's just the same, maybe a bit boring Tesla design. I know Tesla fanboys are probably going to be unsubscribing to this podcast after I've said that, but it's probably true. But um, some of the main changes, apart from the actual drivetrain, is the interior. Now, you know Tesla. They've got their normal steering wheel... And then they've got the big portrait screen, and it's all very leathery and often quite bright. You know, that's that's the normal Tesla rule for the interior. It's got this massive tablet in the middle. Now, that's one of the first changes. The tablet 
Um, I don't know why I call it a tablet. Infotainment screen. It looks like a tablet, which is massive, probably about 13 inch or something. Was portrait. Now it's landscape. Now that's going to be really interesting to. It's going to. It's going to be interesting to see what other car companies do now um, with their cars because take the Ford Mustang Mach E for example. That also has a portrait screen, and that undoubtedly is. Uh, inspired by Tesla, okay, they want to copy Tesla with their interior design. Fair enough. That's just how the car, uh, the car industry works, isn't it? You, you copy other car companies' quirks. But now Tesla have made their infotainment screen landscape. It would be interesting to see how many other car companies catch on to that idea and do that themselves. But this landscape infotainment screen isn't the thing that everybody was going on about in social media this past week or two. It's the steering wheel, because it's no longer a wheel. The only way I can describe it, it's, it's a bit like an F1 steering wheel, but it's not even like that. Picture the Batmobile steering wheel, and it's a bit like that, um, where you've got your stem in the middle, obviously. Uh, stem's the wrong word, isn't it? Steering rack. Um, and then it comes up, and then it's, it's like a go-kart steering wheel. It's hard to explain it, really. Just search up new Tesla Model S steering wheel, and I'm sure it will come up, because it's been in the news quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's very controversial. Some people have gone, oh my word, Elon has finally lost the plot. Even more, um, surprisingly. But there we go. Tesla has um, has has managed to get itself uh, in the news once again with some random weird quirk but there we go a lot more things have gone on uh, first uh, second of all the audi a1 has been discontinued audi have done this to um, put more funds towards their future in electrification so the e-tron range i know the new e-tron e -tron gt was uh, was announced this week that looks really quite decent to be honest more interesting than a model s tesla but uh, we'll have to see how it performs in, in terms of range and stuff like that. It's interesting. But the Audi A1 is no more, which is a shame, really, because it's quite a good car. One of the best-looking cars that Audi make currently, or should I say made, because they're not making any more. I, I still do think that they should bring back the A2. You know the A2? Sort of looks like an older BMW i3. Unusual design. Really unusual. But no doubt a really good car. I think they should bring it back as an electric car. I think that's a good idea. So... Audi, if you're listening, make it happen. Make it happen. Um, another interesting thing that's happened, everybody's gone pretty furious, um, after a tweet that Chris Harris made. Nobody's furious at Chris Harris, apart from a few people that are wrong. But Chris Harris, um, if shall I get the tweet up, actually? Um, I can try and find it, but it's probably quite far down his feed now. But uh, there's a bit of um, a stir-up between Litchfield Automotive. You know Litchfield, they tune cars. Um and a certain influencer YouTuber guy. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like influencers. I'm, I'm not a big fan of influencers either, to be honest. They seem a bit um, a bit wrong, okay? A bit wrong. Let's have a look. Right, I'm scrolling through Chris Harris's feed now. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. And it, he said, An influencer just offered my pal Litchfield UK the chance for him to put suspension on his Yaris GR for free and pay him £25,000 for the privilege, plus a percentage of future sales. He knows who he is, might tell you his name one day. Shameful. Quote from at HarrisMonkey on Twitter. Now, I can explain this for you. Basically, and a so-called influencer... Uh, who's not really influenced many people, um, has basically gone to Litchfield and said, listen, I've got a new GR Yaris, right? 
uh, as a lot of influencers have now. I mean, uh, Shmi's just got one. Uh, Mr. JWW's got one, which we'll come to in a minute. <laughs> um, but he's basically the, the influence has gone to Litchfield and basically said, "You put a grade of suspension in my car, then you can pay me twenty-five thousand pounds for the privilege of putting it on my car, and you'll have to give me a cut of all of your future sales." I don't know what logic this influencer is using, but it's not from this uh, not from this planet because that just makes no sense. It's normally the other way around, but. People have managed to find out who it is um, from Shmi150's manager, Schmark, Mark, uh, who's a very decent guy apparently. And I think I think he rumoured it to be Mr. JWW, who I mentioned just before. Now, he just bought a Yaris, a GR Yaris. I watched his video, so unfortunately I did have to give him an extra view. And he did talk about upgrading suspension, and that made it all a bit obvious. Now, the comments to that video were very conflicted. They were full of people going, oh, I can't believe you did this, ripping off companies that have worked so hard to get to where they are. And it's true, really. You shouldn't have done it, or whoever it was that's actually done it. They should be ashamed, really. It's not how business works, so there we go. But a lot of people have been causing, uh, a lot of people have been making jokes on social media about it, saying that they're going to charge companies to... uh, um, put stuff in their car, which is ridiculous. And I actually made my own joke as well. I uh, I asked my mum to give me some of her chocolate, and then she pays me £25,000 and a cut of her salary for the privilege of her giving me some chocolate. She refused. So I put that on Twitter as a joke, and some people seem to like it and have a little laugh, which is always good during lockdown. But there we go. That's the main three pieces of news from this week in the motoring industry. Now, sticking to the Toyota Yaris, the GI Yaris theme... Um, you may remember at Christmas time I got another Tamiya model. I got my first ever Tamiya RC model to build back in lockdown one, a VW campervan, and you can check out my YouTube video on that, Daniel Drives on YouTube. So go check it out and please subscribe, please, please. Thank you. And I bought another one at Christmas, or rather my parents bought one for me at Christmas, and I got a GI Yaris. This is on a Tamiya M05L chassis, front-wheel drive, controversial, but it's a lot cheaper, trust me. Uh, it's about a third of the price, something like that. It's mad. So it's done now, long story short. Finished, and it's looking and running fantastically. I had a lot of good fun racing it about on the damp road uh, in front of my house this morning. And, yeah, it's it's an absolute laugh. It really is a hoot. So I'm going to do a YouTube video on that on Daniel Drives on my YouTube channel. So do go and uh, stay tuned for that. Um, uh, as uh, Yeah, so that'll be good. That'll be coming out soon. But there we go. It's done. That's all, really. It, it's fantastic. And I've put some pictures on my Instagram and Twitter, at DanielCarzo5, so do go and have a look at that. Now, uh, let's have a look on Drive Drive, see what other car news has uh, happened, and then we can move on to the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week, which is a good one this week, so look forward to that. It's in the title, so you probably know already. So, um, the first look has been announced, or rather leaked, for the right-hand drive Corvette C8. Now the C8 Corvette had a lot of um, a lot of you know features in the news as well because ha, one broke, one actually exploded, I think, after 87 miles or something like that on the dash, which is not very good for their reputation uh, so early as well. But yeah, the first right-hand drive one has been spied apparently, so that's good, or is it? Ooh. Personally, I go for a Porsche, but that's just that's just my choice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Mercedes has confirmed a two-liter four-cylinder on the next AMG C63. Now, 
this is going to be extremely controversial because I know that in the past the AMG C63 has had a, what was it, 6.3 litre V8. So to go from a 6.3 V8 to a 2 litre 4 cylinder might seem a bit of a downgrade, but I don't think it will be. I think it'll be fantastic, and what a thing to tune, probably. 2 litre 4 cylinder, that's similar to the Golf R, which is going to be reviewed next. I have a hint. Although it's not a hint, because you probably know it already. Um, so there we go. Uh, Elton John's Maserati Quattroporte is for sale. So you can get Elton John's Maserati. Uh, it's it's in dark green, and it's got tanned leather. Now, he really knows how to spec a car quite clearly, because that looks glorious. It's a 54 edge, and I don't know, I don't know where it's on, uh, w where it's for sale, but probably collecting cars or something, it always is. Um, Skoda has teased the fourth generation Skoda Fabia. So, the new generation of the Czech Super Mini has been given a teaser image. You can't really see anything, to be honest. You can't see anything. As usual with these leaked images, uh, teaser images, sorry. Um, you can't really see anything. It's just got smoke in front of it and stuff like that. So, the next-gen Peugeot 208 and 2008 will exclusively go electric. This is a sharp and surprising twist for Peugeot, but it's a very good one. It's very, very good. I think Peugeot are really shockingly decent nowadays, aren't they? The cars they're pushing out into the market are quite spectacular. They look good, and they perform quite well as well. I hate to say it, but they, they're all right. I think Peugeot soon are going to be cool. But there we go. I might be listening back to this podcast in 40 years and be laughing at myself. But there we go. That's just what I think. So there we go. Uh, what else has been going on? Um, right. This is cool. The classic Renault 4 is to be revised as a retro-looking EV. Now, we discussed this on, in episode one of the third series after I wrote an article about the future of Renault and their plan to make an electric Renault 4. So... Um, Sorry, Renault 5. Oh, this is interesting. So, Renault announced the plans to bring back the Renault 5 as an EV, and now apparently they've announced a Renault 4 to be revived as a retro-looking EV. Now, this looks alright, doesn't it? Now, have a look at this. You've got to have a look. Just search up Renault 4 EV retro-looking thing, and it should come up on, on Google or Bing or whatever you use. But this is interesting. If this is the future of Renault, then fantastic. Well done, Renault, because that's really glorious. Really, really glorious. I really hope that goes into production, to be honest, because that will be fantastic. So, a revised Renault 5 and Renault 4, along with some other epic cars, like the Dacia Bigster and Alpine SUVs and stuff like that. So, there we go. Somebody has just bought a Ferrari 360 with Bitcoin. Uh, the owner, uh, it costs the owner around two Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, that's unusual. First car, first Ferrari maybe, um, bought with Bitcoin. That's quite incredible, isn't it? I don't know if it's good or bad. Or I don't really understand Bitcoin. What's the point? I don't know. I really, really don't know. One of the rarest, most beautiful supercars ever is uh, is finally up for sale. Uh, it's the Alfa Romeo Disco Volante Spider. It may be a mouthful of a name, but its beauty is undeniable. I agree. I really agree. What an absolutely stunning car the Disco Volante is. It's on Top Gear a few years ago, I believe. But yeah, really, really nice. Talking of nice-looking cars, the Lotus Avaya has won the International Design Award because it's just so beautiful. It is. I really... This new Avaya, if you don't know the, what the Avaya is, it's Lotus's new hypercar, all electric, around 2,000 horsepower. Wow, I know, wow. So, 
it looks fantastic, really good. I think better than any Bugatti. It's it's incredible, and I really really look forward to this new Lotus to come out. Um, now sticking to Lotus, some other quite maybe quite sad news, but maybe quite uh, interesting news or exciting. Lotus has finally cut the rope um, for the uh, Lotus Elise and Exige, and I think the Evora. I don't know, I might be wrong. I know it's the Exige and the Evo uh, and the Elise, I think. But anyway, the, the flagship Lotuses, I think they've stopped them. And this is again to fund electric cars and their partnership with Alpine for their projects. So a lot of people were sad at first, but then they thought, hold on, something exciting was becoming, so so be it. Now, they've said goodbye to their current models by releasing some anniversary editions, limited. So, yeah, they're really, really good. And there's some good articles out you can have a read about Lotus uh, pulling the plug on some of them cars, which is a shame, but it's exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. Uh, Maserati's clever 621 horsepower Natuno V6 will only ever make it into one car. It's going to go into the Maserati MC20, which is Maserati's super slash hypercar. Also looks incredible. Really, really nice. I don't know what's up with the car news this week. It's fascinating. Now, we're doing car news longer than we normally would, but... A lot has gone on. We have to discuss it. We're going to finish off with this, I think. There's a new Isetta-inspired Urban EV. Now, uh, the two-seater is expected to compete with the similarly-sized Citroen Ami, but whereas the Citroen Ami, which we reviewed... Sorry, it's my mobile. Uh, the Citroen Ami, which we reviewed in episode one of the series. Go check that out. Just listen to one of the episodes. Um, the Citroen Ami has a top speed of about 26, range of about 40 miles or something. The Isetta-inspired Urban EV, which looks epic, really cool. Uh, Isetta-designed, obviously. We'll have a top speed of around 50, and we'll travel 80 to 110 miles, which is immediately a lot better. Um, so that's exciting. I'm really, really excited for that. I think it's due to be built in Switzerland this year and then be brought to mainland Europe, uh, and hopefully us... Maybe from next year, but we'll have to wait and see for that. So, I think we should move on swiftly away from car news to the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week, which I'm glad to announce this week is the Volkswagen Golf R. Not any Golf R, it is the Mark 8 Golf R, which has recently come out. It's a brand new car. Now, I actually saw one this morning, uh, but it was in the forecourt of the... Um, uh, Volkswagen showroom in crew so there we go now if you want to have a look um, at the Golf 8 in detail online then you can you can head over to the Volkswizard YouTube channel which is a very very good YouTube channel trust me um, and you can have a look at um, he, the, the guy does a walk around of the Golf R so go check that out it's, it's very good and he did it as well at crew Volkswagen so um, the Golf R the new Golf R is priced from £39,270 which is quite a lot, isn't it, for a Golf, but it's a special Golf. Uh, it comes with a 2-litre turbocharged engine, which produces 320 brake horsepower, or, if you get the R-plus model, 333 horsepower. Definitely a lot of power, isn't it? It's uh, it's all-wheel drive, obviously. It's got torque vectoring, 420 newton metres of torque. It's uh, You can get it as a manual, which is interesting, or you can get it as a semi-automatic, as usual. Uh, average MPG. Uh, Volkswagen claim, I think, nearly 50, which I think is deluded. Not right. And then most press, you know, most um, journalists um, claim 36.2 mpg, which I also think is a bit deluded. Um, you're probably going to get 
high 20s, very low 30s. Um, and a lot of people um, soon realise that when they buy a Golf R that they're very, very thirsty cars and probably go back to a GTI. Uh, apparently you can get 398 miles a tank. I don't know how true this is. Probably not very. 0-60 is 4.7 seconds. Top speed is 155 miles per hour. Wow. Or if you get the R Performance Pack, it's 168 miles per hour, so instantly an extra 13 mph, which is interesting because the R Performance Pack has 1 miles per hour less top speed than the Honda Civic Type R. That's standard. So there we go. I, d I don't know. Would what would you go for? Golf R, which is four-wheel drive, or a front-wheel drive Honda Civic Type R with all of that, you know, the body kit and stuff like that, which helps it handle good. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I think I'd have the tech of the Golf R, but oh, I'm really, I'm really torn actually, because I never used to like this new Golf design or the Golf R or anything like that. But I do think this new Mark Eight looks really decent, really good, and the same with the ID Three. Now, if I had to choose a Golf, I wouldn't go for the R. I wouldn't go for the GTI. I'd go for a GTI Club Sport, because that is fantastic. And you can have a look, a good review, uh, on Carfection on the YouTube channel with uh, Henry Catchpole. He did a good review on that, so I can recommend a watch of that. Uh, the new Golf R Mark Eight weighs 1.5 tonnes at 1,551 kilograms. CO2 emissions, huh. It's uh, quite interesting of Volkswagen to claim this. 137 grams per kilometre, although I can probably take a guess. It's quite a bit more than that. Quite a bit more. Uh, it's a five-seater. And some extra information for you. It's going to come with new drift and special models. So be able to get a Golf R drift. That's going to be interesting. Bit of a rival to the discontinued Ford Focus RS. I reckon. Now, some alternative slash rivals. I've only written down one because I think there's only one true rival, and it's the Toyota GR Yaris, which is interesting because the Toyota GR Yaris is about 260 horsepower, although on the dyno they're pushing 290 or something ridiculous like that. So it's got less power, but it's a lot lighter. And it's a smaller car. So that is going to be interesting to... I, I want to see them being compared. Also, what's interesting is that the Yaris is 10 grand cheaper. Now, I know inside the Golf is going to feel like a more premium car, but I think I'd go for the Yaris, personally. But, oh, well, I think I've just spoiled the car I'm reviewing, but there we go. <laughs> the car I really like, but I'd rather have a Yaris. There we go. Pros and cons. The pros. Styling looks really nice. It's grown on me and a lot of people. The performance is quite mind-boggling, really, for the engine it is. Uh, the handling is also pretty decent. It's four-wheel drive. Cons are it's expensive to run. Um, now this is because it's it's quite a it's quite a hefty engine, isn't it? Two-litre turbo uh, that's tuned quite a lot. So if you want economy, go for the GTI. Um, it's it's expensive as well. Not just expensive to run. It's expensive to buy. Starting at just under forty grand. By the time you have any options on, it's probably approaching fifty grand. Which for a Volkswagen Golf is a lot of money. Okay. And also, it's maybe quite chavvy, in inverted commas. Now, this is going to be very, very, um, very controversial for to Golf R owners, but I think they are. You look at a Golf R owner and you just scream maniac in a Jeremy Clarkson voice. That's why I'd probably go for a GTI, or a GTI Club Sport. And also, if I was to buy a Golf, even though the Mark 8 looks a lot more inspiring than the previous Mark 7.5, I think I'd go for a Mark 7.5, just because of the money you save. I mean, a Mark 7.5 Golf GTI, sorry, a Golf R 
7.5. You can probably get for the high 20,000s. Uh, whereas if you get a new Golf R, it's a lot, a lot of money. It's 40 grand. So you could save yourself quite a lot. So I think I'd probably go for a Mark 7.5 if I'm being utterly truthful. It's all getting very sensible, this. But anyway, the new Golf R, money no object. I'll give it a Piston Podcast rating of... Uh, let me think. 4.5 out of 5. And I only say that because... I'd probably go for a GTI Club Sport just because it looks amazing and goes amazing as well. It's it's definitely not a slouch. It's very quick. Now, if the Volkswagen Golf R is not for you and you'd like an alternative hot hatch to buy, you're very lucky if you're in the market for one, got to say, um, then I'm going to give you a top 10 list, courtesy of Auto Car. Now, kicking off at number 10 is the Audi RS3 Sportback. Very good car, but again, maybe quite chavvy. Now, what's interesting is the RS3 is quite similar to the Golf R because, you know, it's VAG uh, group. Uh, and number nine is the Mini Clubman JC. W. John Cooper Works, the Clubman. That's interesting. So, definitely the practical option. And number eight is the Mark uh, the Mark 8 Golf GTI. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And number seven is the Hyundai i30N. Which they do sound amazing. There's a few local to me, and they always race by me, and... They do sound impressive. And number six is the Renault Sport Megane RS 280 and 300 Trophy. And number five is the BMW M135i X-Drive, so four-wheel drive version. Very, very nice car. And number four is the Ford Focus ST. And number three is the Mercedes-AMG A45S, which, you know, for top speed and performance is quite amazing. And number two is the Honda Civic Type R. And at number one, I may as well not announce this. I will, but I, I may as well not. You know, you just know what it is. I know you're all screaming at your speakers and screens or whatever you're listening to this from. It's the GR Yaris. Of course it is. Probably all getting a bit bored now. Uh, It's an amazing car, but it's being hyped quite a lot uh, by everybody, including auto cars, it seems, because it's the number one hot hatch, apparently. A Toyota Yaris. Um, If if you would have asked me ten years ago um, if if a Toyota Yaris would be the number one best hot hatch, I would have said you're bonkers at five years old. So there we go. Now, you, if, if you have one of these amazing hot hatchbacks, you're going to want a pretty amazing road to drive it on, which leads me on to my next segment, My Way or Highway. I really need a jingle for My Way or Highway. I know I've said that for the past year, but one day I'll get it sorted, hopefully. Um, so My Way or Highway is a segment where I talk about a very nice road, or sometimes racetrack, sometimes, sometimes. Because uh, we do support motorsport on the Piston Podcast. And we do have a motorsport-themed guest coming on in future. Very excited for that. And if you're listening, which you might be, then hello. I will get in contact soon with you and we can arrange a date for you to come on the podcast. Um, to, to normal listeners, this will mean nothing. But there we go. I'm having a conversation with somebody through a podcast. Never done, be- never been done before, I don't think. But there we go. Now, My Way Highway this week is the North Yorkshire Moors. Now... Wow, it's it's absolutely staggering. It's a twisty 21-mile route with long straights. Um, you can take the A169 Whitby Road to uh, from Pickering to Whitby for a sea breeze, if that's what you want. It's best avoided during the peak summer because everybody has the same idea. It's very busy. And you can get, at the end of your route... Uh, fish and chips in Whitby, which is also very nice. I would, I would like to go to Whitby this year, but... With COVID restrictions, we'll have to wait and see if that's a sensible idea or not with the vaccine and stuff like that. But there we go. The North Yorkshire Moors, really, really beautiful. There's some really nice pictures on Google if you have a look. Um, Really, really staggering. Never been there, but we'll have to change that soon. As soon as we're allowed to 
venture further than our local areas, which I know is the dream at the moment. But there we go. Now, um, I, I've completely forgotten about my quiz question of the week, so I'm going to have to try and... I'm going to have to try and make one up, okay? I think I've got one. Who made or engineered the engine for the Dodge Viper? It's a V10 engine for the Dodge Viper, a beast. Who is it engineered slash made by? Now, as usual, the question will be posted on the Piston Podcast Twitter account, at Piston Podcast, followed by the answer later on the day this is released. So, uh, Monday the 15th of February, it'll be released in the evening, the answer to this question. It's quite shocking, to be honest. It's a very interesting question. And again, from Richard Porter's Boring Car Trivia book, which is fascinating, and you should really buy one. Really interesting, trust me. You can spend really massive amount of times reading that book. But anyway, who engineered the engine, the V10 engine, for the Dodge Viper? Um, put your, Write your answers on a postcard, and you will see the answer to that question. Or you could just Google it. Or you can see the answer on the Piston Podcast Twitter account um, later on, when this podcast is released. It's quite difficult, this podcast not being live, like my old radio days, but there we go. We get around it. Talking of Twitter and social media in general, you can follow me personally at DanielCarzo5. Would mean a lot if you could drop a follow. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Remember to subscribe to the Piston Podcast and there'll be more episodes uh, every week. It's fantastic, isn't it? Next week I'm joined very, by a very, very interesting guest. So if you like American muscle cars and you like importing cars and you like wedding car hire, then next week is the podcast for you. And the weekend af- at the week after that... If you like motoring podcasts and Toyota Yaris's, then that is the podcast for you. So there we go. There's a guest. Uh, there's a uh, insight into the guests for the next two weeks on the Piston Podcast. So until then, do stay safe. Keep driving. No, actually, don't. Only if it's essential. Uh, stay safe, and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5 and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.